Hey everybody, welcome to episode 74 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week, I want to talk about the fakers, the scammers, and the sad people who like to fake their finds. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. If you want to support the show, there are many options available from the links in the episode notes below. And if you want to interact with me and the show, that information is in there too. But most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends at least one, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I hope your week was amazing and you were able to get out on the fields or beaches detecting. Not much in the way of detecting for me this week. A few hours on the beach looking for a lost ring that never appeared is all. My detecting this week was more virtual, as in it was all online. I caught up on some channels I like to follow and checked the forums that I hadn't checked in weeks. I don't know if you know this, I'm really bad at social media as I tend to dip in and out most days, but not religiously and not always about metal detecting. I think that's healthy, right? Anyways, this week, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, the internet machine kept serving me up forum posts and YouTube videos when people were accused of planting fines. It was weird. For example, I was on the friendly metal detecting forum where there was a thread that was calling out a faker. I went to TreasureNet then, and one of the first threads I clicked started out with this guy getting a savage amount of kudos for a couple of hammered coins he'd found only for the thread to descend into a mess of accusations and some really clever proof of the original poster's acquisition of the hammered coins off of eBay. I then went to YouTube only to be greeted by Graham from Unarted calling out the fakers as well, so I started to think that this might be a topic for this week's show and wondered why would someone do this. I have come to the conclusion that people do this for two reasons. One being for the kudos you get online for this, setting yourself up as some authority on the subject, and the second reason is for monetary gain. They do this without a thought to the hobby, and how it is putting the hobby from a high level into disrepute, ruining any positive impression that the archaeologists would have of us, but also setting an incorrect perception of the potential success and finds you can expect when you're partaking in the hobby. I'll talk about monetary gain and YouTube in a bit, but first, why do they do this? Why do they feel the need to get this fake kudos on forums or social media of peers that they have never or will never meet face to face? I think in the social media arena, people are doing this from a low self-esteem position. They feel so shit about themselves that they believe that by generating some fake finds, it will fill the gaps they have in their lives. They believe by doing this online that they have some level of anonymity that if it goes wrong, they can walk away unscathed. They perceive it as low risk for the potential rewards of some virtual kudos points. But I bet they still go back to their bedsits and flagellate themselves trying to fill the sad chasm they are trying to fill. Maybe I'm just happy in my skin while confidently posting a few pics online of my rusty old worthless coins every week, commenting on how many bottle tops I found this week as well. What amazed me in both threads was how these plebs got caught what the Sherlock Holmes did was take a screen grab of the dodgy post 
and did a reverse image search of the finds, which brought them to the old listing on eBay. I wonder where they got that idea from. But once they had the finds identified, they were able to link them even more by identifying unique blemishes on the kind that showed up, both in the eBay pictures and the post pictures. Ingenious and fair play. I'd love to know what made them suspicious of the posts in the first place. I suppose I could ask on the forums, but like I said, I'm really bad at social media. Now, if you look at it from the point of view of monetary gain, it is a very different and maybe more sinister story. I'll talk about YouTube, for example, because I'm more familiar with YouTube, obviously. And I'll put in a disclaimer here. I'm on YouTube. I just said it. I love YouTube. And there are many great detecting channels on there. So I'm talking about a very small minority here. But did you know, once you have over 1,000 subs on YouTube, you are entered into their affiliate program and you are paid an average for 2021 right now is about $7.50 per 1,000 views. Take that in for a second, right? YouTube will pay you $7.50 for 1,000 views. So let's take the most popular metal detecting video on YouTube for all time by Dude Perfect at 63 million views. Over the last four years, that video has earned Dude Perfect Inc. a whopping $470,000. That's not including any promotion they may have had in the video. An easy half million dollars for one video. Now, that's at the top of the scale, but say you are putting out a video that gets 30,000 views every week. That would net you a nice part-time 11K a year. By the way, don't watch that Dude Perfect video. It's absolutely terrible, especially if you're a metal detectorist. Anyways, the key here is views. You need the views, and to get the views, you need to work the YouTube algorithm. The YouTube algorithm works by, and I'm putting it very simply here, by suggesting videos to you based on what similar people are watching right now or similar to what you have watched in the past. It determines this by what you have looked at in the past, what you have liked in the past, and what you dislike. It doesn't care. To YouTube, there is no difference between likes and dislikes. So imagine you're scrolling to YouTube suggested videos, and it has maybe 15 videos on the screen for you, all about metal detecting. Which one are you most likely to click? The one with 15 pull tabs and $3 in cash, or the one with a big clay pot full of gold staters? I know which one I'm going to click. The staters, of course. So now YouTube knows what I like, and it'll keep serving it up to me if it can. YouTube's primary goal is to keep you watching and in the platform for as long as it can, and will reward videos that will do this. Okay, I'm gone a little deeper than I wanted to hear, but can you see what I'm getting at? Faker detectorists are planting fines so they can get more likes, not from detectorists, but from the general public, so it's almost like a business to them. Now, again, I'm in no way slating YouTubers. I would be really stupid to do that, and most are great, and I've had some of the great ones on the podcast, but you can instinctively tell the ones that are planting their fines. For example, if you look at a YouTube channel first, if the channel is new, and all of a sudden they're pulling out loads of great fines with very little trash, that's a red flag. If they pull out a silver coin, and it has very little corrosion on it, I have even seen people pull out silver coins out of the ground and it looked like they had been chemically cleaned. That's a red flag. If they go to a field that has never yielded Roman coins before and all of a sudden they're pulling out Roman fines, that's a red flag. And if they're hunting with their buddies and they are the only ones with the good targets, 
that's a red flag. Each of these red flags are not enough to suspect someone on its own, but if there is enough of them, or as the French say, if there's a cloud of evidence, then your suspicions are valid. The good thing about YouTube fakers, they are generally short-lived, as it is an expensive business to try and buy new coins to plant every week, and believe me, for you to be successful on YouTube, you need to be consistently successful to start bringing in the views. That's why I never did it. I did one video and realized how hard it was going to be to generate views with the crap I find week on week. So I didn't do it. I pivoted to the podcast. Listen, it is very hard to find success as a detectorist on YouTube. You will have to be successful consistently or else you need to rely on something other than detecting to keep the people looking like being funny or having a bunch of you detecting or by making the stuff you find interesting like most great mudlarking videos or by making where you are detecting interesting. It's a tough ask and I can see how the fakers fall into the trap of planting fines. But planting fines isn't only for YouTube. You hear rumours that several events in the past were held on fields that were seeded with Roman coins, which again is a business decision that puts the hobby into disrepute and should be stamped out. I also think I ranted about the next point before, about people posting on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter pictures of hundreds of fines with the caption, not a bad four hours at the beach today which is total BS and everyone knows it and you look sadder for doing it. In fact, I saw a pure example of this in my Instagram feed yesterday. I didn't comment on it, I didn't like it, but it was there nonetheless. What I look for, for any post or video that I will engage with, is credibility. Is it genuine to my understanding of the hobby? Did I see them pull it from a hole on camera? Is the good finds to trash finds ratio about right across their channel or account? We can all spot the fakers and thank God they're short-lived. They are doing nothing positive for the hobby and you are a sad, sad individual if you're thinking about doing this. That's it for this week. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website www.themetaltechnicshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metadetechnique. Also, if you would like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes and on the website. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't subscribed already. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, good luck and happy hunting. 